Oh, man, I love it. You don't, quit acting like you know that song. Do you know that song? Some of, some of you, some of you kids are acting like you know it. I'm like, you, you don't know that. That show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, 1990 to 1996, 148 episodes. And I feel like, I mean, for me, that was just a moment where I, I felt like I was in the house at times with Phil and Vivian, mom and dad, and Carlton. Does anyone know the dance, Carlton's dance? I would do that for you today, but I'd be in the hospital the rest of the week. I just, I just want to take a moment and say, I do not think that Alfonso Ribeiro gets enough comedic credit because he, he deserves more credit. We had sisters Hillary, Ashley, George the Butler, and then, you know, Fresh Prince. Will Smith was the guy who had to move into that family unit there and figure everything out. Actually, the song came before the show. It was triple platinum. And uh, man, it's really cool to, to think back and remember all, all of the moments just that the God uses in our lives and our family, whether you remember some, if you're sitting on the couch like me, watching Growing Pains or this show or some other show, you know, God does something in the, in the unit of the family that we carry for the rest of our lives. And it, it blows my mind. The first time I heard my kids say it, when my kids said, dad, you don't understand. I was like, you don't get to use my song. Like that's, this is the song of our, like my generation. We had this kind of cry to our parents in that theme was like, you don't get it. You don't understand. It wasn't the same way when you grew up. My parents were boomers. I'm like, you have no idea. So when my kids grow up and they say, you don't understand, I feel like they robbed that from me, right? We are going to look today when we've been in a section of scripture in Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four talking about family matters. And as soon as you go to this subject, I mean, it's, I mean, God is going to do something. Our prayer is what we just sang, that walls come down and that we, we step through fear and we realize hope and the restorative power of God working in our lives does something. Specifically this week, we're looking at some commandments to children. And here's what it says in Ephesians chapter six, verse one. Children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obedience is right. Now again, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obedience is right. Now, I don't want anyone to check out here. Be like, well, this is about kids today. Some of you want to go get your kids from Children's Church. Bring them. No, 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 no. No, no, hold, hold on. This is for all of us. How, how many, I'm just curious, how many empty nesters do we have in the, in the, in the place, right? You empty nesters? And last service, we had some people high-fiving. I was like, man, that's, they're like, it's a recent milestone, right? They're going out for lunch today. Uh, okay, we got some, some how, how many of you, like, you've got older kids that are in high school and you never see them? They just, you know, take, just, they call it a Venmo, right? Like, can you send me money? That's a terrible invention. Horrible that you could send your kids money. They didn't have to come and take it from your hand. You could just digitally send it to them. Man, I'm mad at that company. Okay, okay. How, how, how many of you are, you would say, you know, I, am a, I'm a, I see myself as a, a, a child. I kind of live at home still. I'm a child. I'm a child. Okay. Hey, if your parents still pay your cell phone bill, raise your hand. <laughs> Okay, 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 all right. Now, how, how, how many of you then in this scenario, you say, you know, we're, 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 we're married, you know, we're married and we, we think we might want to have kids. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. We think, okay? Okay, how many of you would say, you know, you're single? Raise your hand if you're single, right? Okay, keep your hand up if you're single and you're looking to get married. 
All these hands just went down. Some of you are looking at me like, I can't believe you just said that. I'm not going to give that personal information up in church. You've been telling people on Facebook what you eat for lunch for six months. <laughs> Tell me you won't. Come on. This, first of all, this is my wife and I. We feel like one of, one of the, I don't know if it's a hobby or I think we're just called to it. I, we, we like to arrange marriages. Like we, we just feel like that's part of our job, right? We do. We do. And so for me, when I'm asking you to raise, this is cheaper than eHarmony, y'all, okay? <laughs> you should be going to church to find, you know, I mean, don't be creepy about it, okay? But, you know, you find someone that's in church. Don't be going someplace else. You don't know what they believe. Like, this is a good place to come with the right rules. And so you know, we, I think our track record is pretty good, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to ask some people. So here's the deal. Wh- whatever group you're in, this is for all of us. I mean, what God's got to say here about obedience, it's, it's for all of us. This entire section of scripture is written, though, to a church in, in Ephesus. Ephesus is uh, this, this modern place you can go to today in Turkey. This, Paul's writing this letter. There will be children in the midst as this letter's being read. And Paul just calls them out right away. And he says, obedience is right. The, the whole thing is pointing. And it, it talks about husbands and wives here and slaves and masters here. But there's a key phrase in this first part of this text. Children, obey your parents. Get this. In the Lord. Now, there's a distinction and we are a church and we love to have visitors. We have tons of visitors. Uh, I believe the gospel is inclusive. You can belong before you uh, believe. Matter of fact, all of the apostles belonged to who Jesus was and traveled with them long before they were capable of believing. So we're a church where you can do that. But there is a, a distinction that is in this verse. The distinction is like children, obey your parents because they're always right. No, I don't say that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. All of these things that are being talked about are are prefaced with what it says in chapter 5 of Ephesians 15. Chapter 5, verse 15 in Ephesians says, be filled with the Spirit. And there's some building blocks in our culture that have to be propped up. They've got to have good foundations or culture will not work. It will not exist. It will fall apart. One of these is this. For children... Obeying parents, obedience is right, but you do it in the Lord. I, we, my wife and I, we talk about this all the time. We'll, we'll counsel people, we'll be with people, and they just don't get it. There's this fog, there's this haze, there's this sleep that they are in where either they don't want to get it, and I believe them. They're like, I don't want to do that, I don't care about that. I don't care what God says, I have no desire to do that. I believe it. Or... They just, they, they, they want to, but they can't get through it to it. This is a spiritual principle. There's a difference. There's a difference that happens in someone's life when they get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their life. We'll be talking to people and we'll say, you know what? What you need right now is a breakthrough spiritually. And I believe that the Spirit of God living inside of you helps you understand and interpret and apply Scripture in a groundbreaking way. You want to take a quantum leap. When I hit the wall with someone, I normally just say, hey, do you believe? Have you heard? Have you repented of sin? Have you been obedient to baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, the Spirit? Have you had an indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Because what happens there is new heart, new mind. And you get to understand God's word a whole lot better. And what Paul is saying right here to the church in Ephesus is obedience is right. Not because you like it, not because you desire it, but because you are in the Lord. When you are in the Lord, the Lord is in you. When you are walking in him, this is what we have to do so that other people will see your walk and say, Jesus must be real because there's no reason why that kid should obey that parent. 
This matters right here. It's a building block for us. And I get this. Every single parent is flawed. Every parent is flawed because none of us are perfect. But none of us would be here without the exact DNA of your mother and your father coming together. And God was a part of that. You're like, well, if I had a different parent, I could obey. Well, no, God put these two parents together and uniquely crafted you. And that's a part of your story and who you are. And he says here, if you're in me, obedience is right. I believe that it's key to life. My kids are like, well, it must be nice. When you guys grow up, everyone grows up. You got no one to tell you what to do. You just get more people to tell you what to do when you grow up. So if we don't get this right, submitting to authority, position, not personality, it doesn't matter. I mean, our kids get sometimes, you know, they, if, if they ever encounter an authority figure in their life and everything isn't great in their heart, we say, great. This is an awesome opportunity for you to practice obedience and submission to the position, regardless of what the person is like, because you are doing that in the Lord. Obedience is right for believers in the Lord. I know John Cougar Mellencamp says it better than anyone else. He fought authority, right? He fought authority and authority always wins one way or another. One teacher said it this way. Teachers, they're afraid of the principals and principals are afraid of the superintendent. Superintendent is afraid of the board. The board's afraid of the parents. The parents are afraid of the children and children are afraid of nobody. We live in this culture that has never existed and, and, and succeeded before where children, uh, we, we cater them and they run every single thing. And here's the deal. Obedience is right. And if you continue down that road, child, it is going to destroy you. It's not what you want. It's not what you like. It's not what you need. And you're going to miss the point. Love the story of the police officer that pulled a gentleman over because he saw something he couldn't even understand or believe. He pulled this guy over and this guy had two penguins in his car. And the police officer's like, what are you, what are you doing? This is an endangered species. You can't, you, you buy a dog, buy a cat. You can't own penguins, man. You know, it's, it's like, you, you get, take these penguins to a zoo. He gets him out of there the very next day, very next day. He sees the same guy roll past him and he pulls him over. And he's like, bro, like, what are you doing? I told you to take these penguins to the zoo. The guy says, oh yeah, that was a great idea. I did. I took them to the zoo. Today we're going to the beach, right? <laughs> hey, some of us are missing the point here. Okay. Like there's a point that is being missed and we've got to get it. It says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. This is good. This is directing in your life. This is going to bring a good result. You need this. And the backwards way we have it, it's going to destroy you. When we, many years ago, Jen and I, we, for a, a longer than a decade, we worked for an organization called Christ in Youth. We still send all of our students to Christ in Youth events. They do camps and retreats for our kids. And when we worked there, we didn't have to do family videos because we were always in a promotional video or they were always making a video for the big event. And Jennifer was in a video one day and I knew she was excited about it because we, we only have boys at home. We've never had the opportunity to have a little girl. There's no pink in my house unless it belongs to mama, right? And we keep it in a very small place. So it doesn't exist. And so she was making a video with little Sydney. Now, Sydney is one of our best friend's daughters. I mean, we grew up in love Sydney, claim her to this day. And when Sydney was about four years old, 
Jen does this video where she's kind of like playing Sydney's mom and they're doing a tea party. It's so cute, right? Jen was excited for like a week. She's like, I get to, we get to play dress up and, you know, they're putting all this cute little dresses on. It started off very normal, like this beautiful mother-daughter moment. And, but then it got creepy because we're trying to make a point. It started to get a point like, you know, instead of just like dressing her up, she started like dressed her up so much that it looked like it was her quinceanera. I mean, she's four, right? It's like a, like a coming out party. Like she's more like 19, right? Like, like crazy all overboard. And she started bringing things to Sydney and kind of like setting them at her feet. And here's four-year-old Sydney, the most precious little face you've ever seen. And she's like, what's happening? In the very end, Jennifer comes in with a soccer ball and gets down on her knees in worship to this four-year-old and puts the soccer ball at her feet and praises and worships. And the, all the kids are supposed to get it. Here's, what they're, here, here's the explanation point. This isn't natural. This isn't going to fulfill you. This isn't going to work. This leads to destruction. Here's what God's word says. Obedience is right in the Lord. Obedience is right. Some of us, however... I'll admit it, you've got bad parents or you had no parent. You hear this message and you just, there's a part of you, it's like, you said this was for me. You said that. I've got bad parents and obedience is right. My parents told me to do horrible things. Hey, get this right. In the Lord, Matthew, Jesus speaks in the book of Matthew and there's a very clear line chain of command. If parents say to do something that's against God's word, we obey God's word, okay? That, that's, that's how that works. But when you're in the Lord, when you're in the Lord, even if you have absent parents or bad parents, he goes on and he, he clarifies obedience. Listen to this. Children, verse two through three. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Oh man. At first you're like, I don't have to obey them. They told me to do something that was wrong. I get off. But this whole idea of honor is a total different thing. See, honor, honor is a larger concept than obedience. Honor regards attitude more than behavior. In our house, we say this, even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? You got a parent's like, they're never right about anything. Even a broken clock is twice a day. I imagine you got bad, flawed parents. The chances are there's still something they've done in your life, even if it's nothing than God allowing them to share their DNA where you can love the position and you can bring honor because if you're in God, that's gonna make, it's gonna make a difference. I, I gotta tell you, uh, we have a very serious conversation with all three of our sons about their life. And I believe celibacy is, it's a real thing. It's in God's word. It's a real thing. And it can be beautiful and you can have a full life. And we ask our boys because it's described in God's word. Celibacy is described as a gift. And I know some people that have the gift of celibacy. They've got incredible ministries. They've got an incredible family of God that surround them. Their lives are awesome. And I truly step back and say, they've got that gift. And we've had that conversation with our boys. Do you feel like you've got this gift that you don't need to be with a, a life partner and be married, man and woman, and, and follow God's plan that way? But God's gifted you to be fully kingdom-minded in everything you do and have none of the worries or issues or responsibilities of a family to tie you down. And you can be sold out for the gospel. And we talk to them about that. And they're like, no, no, we don't have that gift. We just had to clear it up. It's good. We had to clear it up. Some people have had it. They don't have it. Okay. But here's what happens when, when you get married, you become a parent. 
And I know people that have chosen not to have children, and they've done that because together they've kind of done some things in the gospel. And, you know, they've had an incredible, I've had people that have not had kids, and they've been teachers and coaches, and they've, man, they've been incredible parents in my life, and they've sown into my life, and God can use that too. But here's something that happens. If you choose to have kids, you're going to choose to not have nice things. It's not, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's unselfish to choose to have kids. So I don't have to honor my parents. I have to honor them for nothing. I'm going to tell you, at some point in time, your parents had to give something, and it, it, it requires honor back from us. My kids are like, Dad, why don't you have a car like that? I'm like, because you got shoes like that. <laughs> right? Man, you dress so bad. You dress so stupid. You look so bad. I'm not going out with you. I'm like, well, it came down to one of two people looking cool. You could look cool or I could look cool. You still feel bad about how I haven't dressed? Did I make a good decision? Right? Paul writes to a young pastor in Timothy, and he talks about this whole thing of honoring um, parents, honoring moms and dads. And he, he's very clear. He says, those who are widows that have no children or grandchildren to take care of them and they're in the midst of the church, they are your mothers. And you are commanded to take care of them. Matter of fact, he says, if you don't take care of them the way you're supposed to take care of them, he says, you can come in here and sing all the songs and you, you, know, you can serve in children's church. You can even serve in junior high, right? But he says this, if you don't take care of the widows, the mothers that are around you and show them honor, it's the same thing as denying your faith. This is what we're called to do as a church. I would say it's probably something that our church, that we, need to be, we need to be working on because we don't want to deny our faith. This is, it's such a big deal that, I mean, God speaks up and he says, don't, don't worship me and praise me and tell me how much you love me and then not honor the mothers that are in your midst that don't have children to care for them. You take that on. We're called to do that. See, we've got these excuses and Jesus, in his final moments, when Jesus is on the cross, you just think of everything that's going through his head, literally saving the world for all time. We just celebrated it with a meal. And in that moment, when Jesus is saving the world, he's like, time out. I got to take care of something. Hey, John, that's your mother now. Mom, that's your son. I'm going to take care of you. And what an example of Christ even on the cross. And we've got these excuses why we don't reach out and honor our parents. Well, we don't have the, the, the money. If we have more money, we can do it right better later. We're looking for the right season or we got to get something else done before we can do it or they're no longer even here. And so I, can, I, can I spell uh, honor for you? Can I, can I expel love for you? I just want to literally spell the word for you. Here it is, T-I-M-E. T-I-M-E many times spells honor. Uh, obedience is right. Honor is a commandment, but here's the deal. Obedience and honor, they bring something incredible. They bring life. Obedience and honor brings life. Matter of fact, of all the Ten Commandments that Moses comes down with from God, the first four deal with our relationship with him, first tablet. We move to the next tablet. The fifth commandment found in Exodus 20 verse 12 is, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land your God has given you. Honor your father and mother that the days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And love me some Billy Joel. Love uh, Only the Good Die Young. Love that song. And every time it comes in, like Finley knows, I'm going to look at him and I'm be like, heresy. Right? Like I'll, I'll sing it with him and I'll be like, this song, just so we're clear, son. Heresy. 
Because here's what God's word says. If you disobey your parents, you're going to die. Okay? I'm just going to give you some basic stats in life. Your life expectancy, if you obey your parents, is increasing. If you disobey your parents, your life expectancy is decreasing. Okay? Dramatically. This is, this is just how it happens. Ephesians 2 through 3, Paul goes back and reminds us of what Moses did. This is 2,000 years later. The church has been established. And he says this, honor your father and mother, which is the commandment with a, a promise. It's the first of the commandments that deal with how we relate to one another. And it's got a promise so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. My mom, I mean, if I could say one thing about the way our parents put God's word into our life, I would say, Intense. That's the word I would use. You know, we had, I remember from very earliest ages, sitting on the bed and before bedtime going through Psalm 23. And I remember this verse and mom would be like, okay, here's what God's word says. If you obey me, you live. I'm a really little kid at this point. If you disobey me, you die. So Jimmy, my brother, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's my, my biological brother. Uh, I've got two brothers named Jimmy. One's biological, one's a stepbrother. My, my biological brother, Jimmy, and I, we were both, you know, when mom and dad were together, we grew up together. We're both on the couch, and she's telling us this, and we're soaking it in. And grandma, my grandmother, had the loudest cookie jar in the world. I mean, like, I mean, couldn't she get something with, like, some velvet around it so you could be like, no sound. Success, no sound. No, it's like, clang, 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 clang. Like, this made so much, like, booby traps all around me. You can't get in that thing. And mom's like, Mom's like, don't eat, don't, you don't take any more cookies. You'll ruin your dinner. Leaves the room. And Jimmy looks right at me and he's like, you'll die. <laughs> you'll literally die. And I took his cute little face in my hands and I said, the Millennium Falcon is yours, right? Give me cookies and death, right? It, it's real. It's real. And I can't tell you how many young people that I've, I've looked them in the eye and they're getting ready to choose disobedience. And I just say, you're, you're not choosing a figure of death. Like your life's going to be like death. You're choosing death. It matters. And when you choose sin, you choose pain. And choosing sin, which is disobedience, is just choosing pain in your life. And God's word and Paul, he reaches out and he says, obedience and honor, it literally brings long life. Here's the last thing. We're all still children. We're all children. Because we're children of God. Every single one of us. Whereas you're like, man, I'm old. No, you're still not. You're not as old as God. You're still a child, prospectively. Here's what it says in Proverbs twenty-two fifteen: Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Folly, discontentment, bad ideas, recklessness, rebellion, anarchy. I want it my way. I don't care. That's what's bound up in our hearts. I mean, just, just picture the binding. Like, it's in there. It's got to get unbound. It's got to be detracted. It's got to be worked on. It, it, it doesn't happen on its own. And what happens here is this. There is a chance that many of us, you say, well, I'm not a child anymore. 
I pay my bills and I got a job. But because folly was bound up in your heart as a child, and we're picking at something right now. We're picking at like a relationship with a parent that wasn't good. And disobedience happens. Sometimes we're done with sin, but the consequences of sin are not done with us. And many of us in this room are carrying around some baggage and some weight and some consequences and some stuff that we don't want to deal with right now. And that folly from our youth, it has an impact right now on you as a grandparent. It has an impact generationally on how you are parenting. You're like, no, I'm done with that. I've packed it away. Truth moment, truth moment right here. God comes to restore things and to fix brokenness. And there are some things that you think are packed away. And truly what you've done is you've just covered it up. And it's having a bigger impact on the way you co-work, lead employees, submit to authority, the spouse that you are, than maybe what you realize. Maybe right now in this moment, the Spirit of God is saying, this is real. And you're still a child and you're still carrying some baggage from your childhood. And Jesus is saying, I want that. I want to deal with that right now. Here's what happens with God's word. I mean, it's just every time. If Christianity is real, then any encounter with God's word is going to be invasive in our lives. It's going to come in to deal with things. And of all the things we could deal with, This is the deepest, probably most difficult scab that God could come and say, hey, we're going to deal with that today. If you're carrying it, it's probably probably hurting people. I talked to a dear friend this week, and he said, when I was in junior high, I I had something happen in my family. It was just very difficult. And that moment in junior high, his mother had done something and he felt abandoned, he felt betrayed, he felt alone, he felt angry. And he said, I carried that most of my adult life. Went away to college, became a boss, had a young marriage, had children, and he'd been carrying resentment, anger towards a relationship with the parent. He said, one day, at 36 years old, 36, went to his mom and he just said, Mom, I forgive you. Tears. Tears. These wounds have a bigger impact than what we're willing to stand up and say, yeah. And children, maybe you've been obedient, but you've not honored. Or maybe there was a reason why you shouldn't have been obedient, but, but you definitely didn't honor and you scoffed. And I believe right now the Spirit of God is saying, if we can deal with this, we can bring some health and some healing back into your life. So I want to pray a prayer over you right now about your parents. Would you bow with me? Father God, There is no deeper wound for many of us than the wounds from our parents. And no one, none of us in this room, while many of us might have had good parents, none of us have perfect parents, there are some in this room that they say, I've had no parent. But you promise, even when our mother and our father abandon us, you promise that you will be a father that will never leave us or forsake us. Over and over again in your word. And some of us need to be reminded of that right now.
the disobedience that we've carried in our hearts, the rationalization that we've done because of our actions and how we've made ourselves right in our own mind, it is a destructive force in our marriage and our parenting. And we're just passing it down where our kids will then carry that to their kids. And it needs to stop. Right now, it needs to stop. In the name of Jesus, we invite the spirit of the living God into this room to do a work at the depth of who we are. You are a good father. And some of us need to simply repent today because we've not obeyed, we've not honored, and we've carried that rebellious attitude into every relationship that we have. And it is killing us. Some of us, it is killing us physically. And we want physical healing, but you come to start in the heart first. So Father God, by the power of your spirit, would you move through this room right now and start a restorative work? Would your spirit speak into our lives and would we say, I'm gonna open the door. You tell us you stand at the door and you knock. You will not bust it down, but if we open the door, you will come in and you will do a surgery on our hearts. Some of us have given up hope that we could ever resurrect that moment or that thing or that anger. And you're saying, I want it. I want it. You are a God that heals. Let walls come down. Let hope be found. Let families be changed. Let generations be changed for your glory, Jesus. For you, for your namesake. Some of us could say, look what Jesus did in my life. I thought it would never be healed. Would you do a work, Lord Jesus? It's in your name we pray.